Welcome to Garage Guys and NASCAR Podcast. I'm Chase Holden, uh, joined as always by Dale Tanhart, and we are going to be recapping the Pala Casino 400, Pala Casino 400, however the hell you say it, at Auto Club Speedway, the last race at Auto Club Speedway. Uh, we're going to be breaking down pretty much uh, the winners, the losers. We're going to talk a little bit about the uh, the broadcast because a lot of people had opinions on that one. And then uh, we'll dive into some new information we have on the Pennzoil 400 coming out this weekend, some new bets that have uh, just dropped on the book. So a lot to talk about. Uh, but before we dive into it, as always, this show is brought to you by Hooters and Hooters is for race day. Garage guys love Hooters. And you know this if you've been listening, but you can use promo code garage guys right now when you decide to order Hooters to go on the Hooters app or from order.hooters.com. All you got to do is type in garage guys promo code at the end of your order and you're going to save $10 on any $30 or more order when you do that. So don't forget it. You can also use it for dining. And hey, Dale, you're dining, Dale. Tell tell them about it. Yep. All you got to do is tell your Hooters waitress about promo code Garage Guys, and you can save ten dollars on any forty dollar plus dine-in order at your very fun, entertaining, delicious Hooters location. Just let her know. Let your Hooters girl know, and she'll hook you up. You know, we're always trying to hook you guys and girls up. Hooters is for racing. Garage Guys is for Hooters. We're all just a big love triangle and that's not weird or anything at all that's that's just facts that's just facts so we're here to help you save money while you have a great experience at your local hooters and big shout out to hooters for being such a proud partner of the garage guys in 2023 we love them uh let's dive right into this because i know we have a ton to talk about kyle fucking bush is back kfb in the rcr number eight i want to say uh the I think maybe the first driver to win uh, this race with three different teams uh, with Hendrick, Joe Gibbs racing, and now Richard Childress racing. Uh, what a day for KFB. And he was a little more humble than I expected at the, uh, at his uh, post-race interview. So it was a, it was a different KFB, maybe a new KFB. Yeah. I think that, um, you know, with Kyle's success at Fontana, like you said, that's cra- I actually didn't even realize that until you just said that. His success at Fontana has been amazing, no matter what he's done. And then you consider all the times he's won there in the Xfinity Series too. I don't think there was a driver that was uh, more—I don't want to say predictable, but more appropriate to win the final race on the two-mile configuration. But you know, there. Interestingly, you were in a—you uh, were in the midst of Hurricane Katrina as a kid, right? That's right. The um, the 2005 race at Fontana is like one of my most vivid memories of a race in 05 because our power had just come back on and we had it. We were like me and my dad sat in his office for, fuck, I don't know, hours trying to get the antenna right so we could pick up NBC which is what that Fontana race was on. It was fall of 05, right after Katrina hit. And we were trying to get that race. And I'll never forget watching that race in the most staticky, just imaginably statically way possible. Like it was so bad. And we were still sitting there on a tiny ass little TV, like a little kitchen TV. Uh, It's the only one we had like plugged in in that area. And we watched that race. We watched that race huddled up 
on this little, I mean, it was a tiny motherfucking TV and we saw Kyle Busch win that race, which was his first ever win. So I remember that one almost as vividly as I remember what we saw yesterday, but awesome for Kyle Busch. Yeah. It's, it's awesome because he's already proven everybody wrong. That that's, that's counted him out, which I mean, if you did count him out, I think Chase Elliott had a good quote. It was like, you need to rethink your NASCAR knowledge. If you didn't think this was possible, you know? So yeah. I mean, that, and one thing we forget about is the eight car was the fastest here last year with Randall Burnett as a crew chief. Randall Burnett back again, just with a new driver. And that once again, other than Ross Chastain, they were the class of the field. So big kudos to RCR and Kyle Busch and that whole team for an awesome, awesome win. I didn't think anybody was beating Ross uh, after Sage 2. I was like, dude, this car might fucking break the speed of light and then kyle bush came to life in that final stage and chased him down i loved it too man because like it was for me it was confirmation for one i'm not going to spend too much time on the track house thing but it was confirmation for me like that i had good instinct in the beginning of the year i went ahead and i took ross uh for a championship ticket plus 1200 uh, I got to sew him out, and then I, I just felt good about it, man, because like, when you think back to last year, who was one of the best teams right off the truck? It was Trackhouse. I mean, they showed that. And then, obviously, Hendrick is one of those teams, too, and that's why I had Bowman on the card as well. But with KFB, I, you know, I feel a little bit silly. I remember I think we talked about it because I was like, hey, you know, I want to wait till practice and qualifying or whatever, because we wanted to see the tire issues, right? We wanted to make sure before we went too nuts that these tire issues weren't going to keep happening. And it looks like we finally got that taken care of. So when I saw the speed, we already knew that the eight car was fast last year, even with Tyler Reddick. So you put somebody like Kyle Busch in that car, there's not going to be any worry there. We didn't see the tires exploding, which was beautiful. And so right then and there, I had to go ahead and I hammered that one live. And I know that I think they had it longer odds. I think Greg got it at plus 900. I just took it on Caesars because I had the Caesars app open at plus eight. So that definitely helped to, to spice up the day a little bit for the for the cup card. And then the uh, the Alex Bowman and Suarez top tens were uh, were good little sweeteners there, too. So a good cup card this weekend. I know you had a great Xfinity card as well. And uh, so ultimately, Garage Guys won again, won the weekend again. And it's just it, it's a beautiful thing. We're not going to get too too uh, too cocky, confident just yet. Um, I think I, I, re- I heard a quote today from Robert De Niro. Just always, always just be calm in your approach. You just stay calm, stay cool and just float and go. You know, so I, uh, I, I definitely respected that and loved that. But. Yeah, with Kyle doing what he did, man, it was it was fantastic to see. And uh, yeah, Chase Ellie did make that comment. Larson had one as well. There was an Instagram post, I think, that had both of them, like one on the top, one on the bottom that were saying things about him. Uh, does suck for Larson what happened to him, though. And I think he had those issues last year, too, right off the truck. He had some of the, the engine. I think him more than anyone had the engine issues last year. Well, uh, I think. Well, he he won Fontana last year, but I think he blew up at it was Darlington, maybe, and maybe another race where Darlington definitely, yeah. Well, Darlington, he had also spun out, and if you get the RPMs too high, that 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 can happen. But right, yeah, just a weird gremlin. Hendrick had a really quiet day outside. I mean, and even Chase Elliott, like the most quiet second place finish possible, right? Like didn't really come on until the late stages of that one, and uh, 
ended up runner up to, to Kyle Bush by about what three and a half seconds and was running really good lap times. But yeah, I want to talk about betting. Yeah, Martin Truex Jr. is never coming out of prison. <laughs> never. Never. Yeah. Now and it, and it dude, it fucking blows because I want to bet on him in Vegas because he was really good here last year. And if you look at the loop data in the last 50 laps of that race yesterday, which you'll be hearing this on Tuesday. So last 50 laps on Sunday, Truex was one of the top five to eight fastest cars on the racetrack. So it's so frustrating because it's I, I, I want to stick with my preseason gut that Toyota is going to be a lot better, but Toyota, I mean, they, they still like, once again, two years in a row, just shit the bed here. Absolutely shit the bed here. You saw some glimpses of Denny running up front and Bubba Wallace running up front. I think Truex would have been the class of the Toyotas. Had he not had that. I still don't even know what happened. It was a penalty. He had a, no, not, not the penalty, not the penalty. He overcame that. It was when he came off a pit road and his fucking left front was on fire. Oh, he got hit. He got well, hit it, road. It's yeah. still bizarre. Like just li- like he, I think he was about to stop and climb out because the ins- the right. left front was was so hot and just pouring out smoke. He get a, he got a two lap penalty, I think, and then had to overcome that. Speed was still there, but it's just uh, agonizingly close to a top ten, and he got fucking eleventh right behind Joey Logano. And insult to injury, my Dale Center parlay, uh, the Tanhart Triple Crown. Three legs. It was Gibbs over Gragson, banger. It was Nemechek over Barry in the Xfinity series, banger. And then Truex to beat Logano. And he he finished eleventh and Logano finished tenth. Sad. I mean, it 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 just doesn't get any any worse than that, dude. Like I don't know what to do with this. We're only time. two races in. I, I wouldn't be I wouldn't I wouldn't get too uh, I wouldn't get too, I guess you would say uh you know, hammering. De- I wouldn't hammer down on him too hard. Just no, 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 no. We are. We. I am. He's on because, parole. Put him on parole, man. Let him walk you know, outside a little bit. You the know? most impressive thing is that. I mean, shout out to the Xfinity series, which is we all know is the true premier NASCAR series. Like, uh, been amazing to start. Well, you know, uh, we talk about this all the time. I see it on Twitter. The Xfinity cars are faster than the Cup cars. Yeah, I'll never yeah. understand that. That's so stupid. But. It is a tribute to the the Xfinity series is great, and there's a good cast of characters this year in 2023. With they say it's the Mark old car, Nemechek. I mean, it has more horsepower than the Cup car. I think we're making good progress with, with where the Cup car is, but we got to have more horsepower. You're 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 having a developmental series that's faster than the Premier series. It's it's crazy. Regardless, um, the Fontana race was a good race outside of all the betting stuff. It just my card was dictated by. Truex getting a top 10 and Blaney getting a top five. You were also on Blaney and Blaney had a great car. I think Blaney would have been the class of the Fords if yeah. he hadn't had a bad pit stop that put him back in traffic. And then he gets in that log jam crash. It takes out seven guys. So yeah, that's just, that's just how it goes. It sucks. It started out that way, but we're still green to start the season, which yeah, is right, we are. crazy, which you've been hot. Like you've hit your outrights with, with a live thing. And I, the live thing's another conversation. I when he when Kyle Bush got that speeding penalty, I was like, dude, I wish I could fucking live bet right now. And I was thinking about going to the casino, and I have a FanDuel kiosk like right there. Uh, should have put yourself I, on live in that moment, like on. I, I should have gone. I'm just ran. 
put get like one of them neck things and harness where your face is and you're just yeah, yeah. <laughs> when he got that speeding penalty i was like because i was watching the race by myself i was like dude this would be wow this would be a great time to just put a little 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 change on a live bet because mm-hmm. in my mind i would have seen it more as like a hedge if all my other shit didn't work out and then uh i because I, I felt good i felt i felt really good about blaney and truex and then they both were gone just like that so Throughout everything, shout out to Ty Gibbs, the prodigy, beating Noah Gragson head to head. That helped me from having a fucking horrible day. And then John Hunter Nemechek and our lock of the century, Austin Dillon over Chastain that we talked about all week long in the Garage Guys Discord. So if you're in the Discord, you you, you get way more up to date betting information from us. And it's been really good for a lot of our a lot of our uh members in our community so far who've been very profitable to start the year. So Good to see everybody have a lot of winning betting slips overall right. in the Garage Guys community. Yeah, so that's what's beautiful. They're already going off right now um, about the Vegas race, and I was in there and talked to a couple of our guys uh, that were looking around. I've already went ahead and made an outright uh, for that race, and I'll, I'll save it until later on uh, from this. But talking about some of the stuff that we saw that we can pull from this race. Uh, one thing for me personally, I love looking at the data on Chastain because it does show, yeah, we're going to see track house be a force to be reckoned with again. We're going into Vegas. I mean, the big question is, is can he close? And that's the thing that we're going to have to worry with. Right. So I do think that when it comes to fastest laps, when it comes to, you know, track house trying to, to find those edges of like, okay, where can we move to make things matter most? That's where you're going to have to see, you know, them find a way to seal the deal. But the good news is, is track house is coming right out of the gate with the teams, the setups, the car Ross just has to find that way to close. And I think that he can do that. And then another thing, that we do see here is now with Kyle Bush getting this win, this is definitely shaking things up now moving forward because people are going to be looking back at those old KFB lines where he was the favorite to win these races, and they're going to automatically put him right there. Now, if you're looking back at the data from like last year or whatever else, you know, you, you definitely can see where the eight car was strong. And when you can compare the drivers, KFB to Tyler Reddick, you know, I think that KFB definitely has a little bit more of a uh, an advantage in those situations. So do I think that RCR is a true contender for a championship this year? I guess is kind of the like what, what the question is now and how it's unfolding. And I'm going to go ahead and say that I definitely think he can get there. I definitely think he'll be there. Do I think he'll win it? I don't know yet, but I definitely think that they have what it takes to be there. And seeing Suarez, too, man, being able to do what he could do. Like, it's just overall just good stuff there. Um, Another driver that I can bring up uh, here for us to talk about that I didn't think we would see a lot from because the rest of the team kind of shit the bed was K-Harv. Kevin Harvick was kind of up there floating around a little bit late on. And so it's kind of funny to see like him and Childers like this is his last year, but they definitely got something else going on as compared to Briscoe and Priest and Amarola. Like, what, what, do, what do you make of that? Just, just team chemistry right there? Or is that just, you know, uh, one of them had a great day right off the truck and the other one's dead? Specifically talking about just the Ford camp? Just, just the SHR. 
just the difference that yeah. we saw from yeah. Kevin Harvick to the rest of his teammates. Yeah, I mean, something was clearly up with Chase Briscoe. I mean, he was, I mean, it was like he was fucking down a cylinder. I mean, for the first, like, three-fourths of that race. And they salvaged something. But, yeah, Kevin Harvick was was definitely way better. And I think that's just attributed to Harvick and his his connection with Rodney Childers. They have so much experience. They've worked together for so long. And even though it's their final year and everybody wants to say, ah, it's last year, like Harvick's going to just kind of fold over. I just don't see it happening. I think it reminds me already of like Jeff Gordon in 2015 when didn't win a race all year up until Martinsville but consistently was running top five, consistently running top 10, like didn't matter what the track type was. I'm just not gonna. And I think this is a good way to just say, we're not going to relate Harvick to his SHR teammates, because I think even if they all struggle, Kevin and Rodney Childers are going to figure out a way to get the finishes. They're going to, they're going to be in the hunt all season long, getting top tens, getting top fives. It is kind of weird because especially in modern day cup, like it seems like when a team overall just like especially with no practice and no qualifying like you bring a setup to the track and not all four of your guys like Hendrick or SHR are going to have the same exact setup but you expect them to all have pretty similar speed or lack thereof and Harvick for a good portion of the race was really really fast and Chase Briscoe on the other end of that spectrum was like down a cylinder so it is pretty it is pretty mysterious right but you know, we, we talked about this with the potential of no qualifying and no practice time. Like uh, there was going to be shit like that happen. Like a lot of uncertainties were floating around because it's the first race of the season. That's not a super speedway, right? Like this is when you see who's going to be fast and who isn't. And I think Vegas will be another great representation of that because we have a lot of mile and a half on the schedule. But it, it's kind of tough to give like a a solid answer on why that is, right? Because I had even said on Dillson, I was like, Chase Briscoe, you know, plus 50 or, or 50 to one, like may not be the worst play ever. Like ended the year last year with some pretty good momentum, got a lot of good finishes, like might, might see some value there. And I didn't pull the trigger on it, but he was my top forward for DFS. I did a little certainly space and, and I, I mean, dude, like I didn't expect that. I mean, he was slow, 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 slow. So I have a theory on it, though, and and I think that that this will make sense because you can kind of tie it in with what we saw out of Chase Elliott in the race, even though it's Chevy and Ford, it's it's in the same wheelhouse. So when you look at, like you said, the relationship between Childers and Harvick, what I see here is let's say they all got off the car, and I'd have to look at some data early on from the race just to see where Harvick was before they made the competition caution and things. Maybe it's just the fact that, like, their team, like, he's able to communicate better with his crew chief and his crew than these other drivers are. And maybe they are all having these similar setups, but it's because of that communication at time. They're able to fix this quickly on pit road with every stop that comes by to get that car better and better. We saw that, I feel like, with Chase Elliott, where he started off where he was, you know, he was a little too free in one of them, a little too tight here. And then towards the end, he had that long run car steaming, dude, and it was just coming. So it's just like the communication got better and better, and they were able to get the car better and better throughout the race. And so maybe that's what it is. And I think that makes sense. Well, it's tough because, like, I mean, Chase has another, uh, he has what, two years under his belt with his crew chief? Yeah. Um, I think it, it's it uh is it Johnny 
Klausmeyer, I think, is Chase Briscoe's crew chief. I'll check if I told you. I'll, I'll go check on that real quick. But I mean, it, even early in the race, because Priest and Almarola were seemed like fifteenth to twenty fifth place cars, and Harvick was still steadily moving up. So, I mean, it's just one of those things. I don't know how to give like a for sure answer on what how they're so different because like right. a, another good example to relate here is like last year at Vegas, Chase Elliott was just awful, but um. You know, I think Noah Gragson took the 48 car and had a, a top 11. I think he finished 11th. William Byron was good at Vegas. Um, and, and I mean, Kyle Larson w- was good, too, before he had gotten wrecked. So I don't know. I mean, it's just one of those deals where maybe there's a team like Harvick who has a setup they've used before or something similar that they really like. And then Priest and Almarola, Briscoe just taking big swings at it, right? Just out the gate, taking a big swing on a setup, and it didn't work. So one good thing about Chase Briscoe, maybe, is that maybe they learned something. Maybe they learned more than everybody else because they were like, all right, we, and that might be an overstep actually, but they may have learned a lot just because they learned that whatever setup they had was clearly not it. But regardless, I'd be fucking lying if I told you that I had any confidence of what the issue was, the discrepancies between Harvick and his teammates. It's all yeah. speculation, and it's a good conversation, but who the fuck knows? Hey, you know what? We'll keep having We'll keep seeing, but hopefully we're actually going to have practice and qualifying because that's what we really want because we want these teams to be able to get these cars the way they need to be and they get to show. You know, we want to see the teams flex in the garage, so we want the practice and qualifying. It also helps us for betting as well. So um, before we talk a little bit about this this uh, this broadcast, because uh, I know you have a lot to say about it, I did want to go ahead and jump over real quick just to answer a couple of uh, questions from Twitter. So we had a few people that uh, that that had some questions and there, it's going to be a really quick little segment here. And I'm going to look into maybe doing voicemails again here soon, just because I miss voicemails and they're fun. So uh, the first question that I got in today. So first question for the show, who hit the cat? That's the question that we have. That question was from Roy McDaniel on Twitter. I've done a little bit of homework on this. And the one thing that I found is a, uh, is an article that was written by essentially sports where someone made an accusation and I don't know who this someone was, but someone made an accusation that Ryan Blaney hit the cat and they have furthered proof shown that Ryan Blaney did not hit this cat. The question being is that we saw the cat on the camera on Kevin Harvick's car. No one knows who hit the cat. Whoever did hit the cat is probably not going to say, but you know, maybe there's some magic out there in the air now with the cat. And I just want to say RIP to the cat. uh, If the cat was on his ninth life. So uh, you have, you have any, any comments on that Dale? I have no, I've no, I've seen so many videos and pictures of of drivers that may have hit it. Like I have no fucking clue. But I will say, uh, the first picture, like the best picture that was taken. I don't know what photographer was there that took it, but it was, and this was like the moment where I discovered that there was a cat on the racetrack. Was a picture where the cat was running and uh, Ross Chastain was like right behind the cat. That's a bad omen. That is a bad omen. I feel like. I just think about the New York Giants on Monday Night Football that one year when that black cat ran on the field. Mm. I think it was Giants-Cowboys. I think the Giants 
I think the Giants lost like eight games in a row or like eight out of ten or some shit after that black cat ran on the field. See, I think it could be a bad omen for somebody, but that's the question is who is a bad omen for? If Ross Chastain hit the cat, you know, it, it probably won't be much different than last year. He'll just be really fast at races, and then he won't be able to close, and so we'll all be sad. So hopefully we don't have to be. Um, but based it, on everything I've seen, I think it was I think it was either Ross or not Ross, Ryan Blaney or Bubba Wallace that hit the cat. I I'm think not, I, don't well, know. I have proof that Ryan Blaney did not hit the cat. I did see a video where it shows him passing the cat. However, it could have been from a numerous amount of, of video footage. It could have been from a lap before. Who knows? I mean, right. that cat, I'm fucking terrified. Could you imagine? I don't even want to imagine. It. We're going to go to the next question. Um, yeah, that sucks. RIP. Yeah, RIP to the cat, to the NASCAR cat. Never forget. NASCAT. NASCAT. Yeah. Yeah, I like that. I'm here for that. RIP. Well, it'd be way cool if it was still alive and we could just say, hey, NASCAT's back. No, we're just going to, I know what we're going to do. We're just going to, we're like, we're so terrible at making merchandise that we just say we're going to make merchandise. So we're just going to get a picture of a black cat's head and we're just going to put RIP NASCAT. That's going to go on our store. There we're you go. Sell that shirt. All right. I don't hate it. By Garage Guys. Um, next question that we have, and we only got three questions because I, I, I jumped this up today, but these three questions I feel like would be really good for us to answer here. So the next question, uh, if you had one sponsor's product to live off of for the rest of your life, which would you choose? I feel like this is the easiest question of all time. It's Hooters. And that's why we love Hooters because it's for race day. Use promo code garage guys. What about you, Dale? One sponsor's product to live off of forever. Mm -hmm. So it has to be food. It's got to be food, right? Like it's either got to be food or, or a drink. Of course. I mean, yeah, the obvious answer would be Hooters, but you you already said that. It's the so same. No, I, I, I expected else. you to say that too. I expected you to answer the same. No, I feel like we can't say the same thing. Yeah, I mean, I, if I had gone first, I would probably have been like, yeah, Hooters. It's easy. They, they sponsor us, so that'd be great. But Love Hooters. Um. One sponsor, Pastor. I, 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 I love. I just love Budweiser with Dale Junior. I don't know. Can I? Can I live up? You can use beer to to uh, like if it really came down to it, I could use beer. I could use the ingredients from their beer to create some kind of food, right? Yeah, yeast, bread, and shit. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, okay, I think that works. I miss the Budweiser number eight so much. It's always been my favorite car, and I think it was like the greatest sponsor driver combo ever ever was budweiser and dale jr so yeah i love that i'm here for it there you go all right uh final question who are your top three going into vegas and who is your dark horse and this was from me cougar at me underscore cougar so who are my top three going into vegas um i think it's easy i would say chastain i would say larson and I would say Blaney uh, is my top three. My dark horse on this list, probably Suarez. And I'm going to leave it there. What about you, Dale? <sighs> I've got to say Larson. I feel like Larson. Uh, Larson's had some tough luck here, and he had winning capable race cars the last two years with Hendrick. Uh, remember, he... Well, Toyota dominated the spring race here, or at least 
at the end, they were the best two. Kyle Busch and Truex in that moment. Larson finished second after he and Bowman took two tires, so I can't use that. I don't think Larson had the best car last year. Uh, I'll go ahead and I'll go ahead and throw in Ross Chastain because last year in these two races finished third and second, led a shit ton of laps. Um, fuck it. I, I'm. Mm, I'll say Martin Truex. I'll say Martin Truex Jr. I I just. I, I have to stick with my guns and my guns throughout all my research. Uh, tr- this is an amazing track for Martin had speed here last year, uh, especially towards the end of the season on mile and a half intermediates. You look at loop data. Truex was really good at the end of last uh, of uh, at auto club was one of the best cars. I'm gonna go Truex because I just I'm ready for more pain. So Chastain, Truex, and three guys. Um, you said Chastain, Truex, Larson, and who's your dark horse? No, no, not Larson, not Larson. I'm I'm gonna go Kyle Busch again. I mean this this could get really scary for everybody. I thought about that honestly. I was like, man, you know, do I really want to say Blaney there and maybe make Blaney the dark horse and then take Kyle Busch? So if you go in with Kyle Busch, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with you too. I'm gonna ride with you on that. So who are you taking off then? So I'm gonna take Blaney out. Uh, uh, I like Blaney. I do like Blaney. We, I do we can't too. Forget about Penske, dude. Penske like owns this, uh, like owns Vegas. Uh, typically in the spring, but last year they won the fall race with Logano. So I've got him on the board. I've already, I've already literally like I, I'm already. I'm just gonna say it here now. We were gonna talk about it after, but like I've already taken Blaney to win this race plus 1100. So that was go. me going early on. Well, then you gotta have Blaney. Um, I gotta, I gotta stick with it. Maybe, maybe yeah. I take, uh, maybe I take Chastain. I'll, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna take Chastain because if he hit that cat, he's fucked. So I'm gonna take Chastain out, and I'm gonna say Larson, KFB, Blaney, Dark Horse, Suarez, because someone's got to carry the track house torch. If Chastain, the other guy's curse, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, if I had a Dark Horse, I'll go Bubba Wallace. I think Bubba would have had one of the best cars here in the fall if he hadn't had that issue with Larson. Um, Plus thirty five hundred right now. Yeah, that's a, that's a really good line, dude. It's a really good line. So, actually, no, I'm I see plus three thousand on Barstool and plus twenty eight hundred on Caesar. So that line has maybe been chopped down a little bit. That was like an hour ago on the Discord. This is- there you go. There you go. It's been chopped down by by our garage fam. So yeah, I've had a dark horse. I'll go with Bubba because. I'm still I'm sticking with the Toyotas. I don't think they're total trash. I think they will have speed. And once we get some practice and qualifying, I think that will I think that will help out the Toyota calls a little bit more. Beautiful. I think I think uh so yeah, 30 to 1 for Bubba is a good dark horse play if you want that. Toyota's going to find a way, dude. I I do believe. I'm still with you on that too. And I and I will never I will never back down because I know how confident you were about those Yotas. And we're only two races in, and we're we're not the type of men that falter with two races in. We're not the type of men that give up this easy when we're only two races into a season and let all of the old fucking people on Twitter tell us that we're wrong. Yeah. So. Well, remember, I mean, Toyota, as bad as they were last year to start the season, this was the one track. Excuse me. This was the one track they were really fucking good with. Uh, they got the pole with Bell and then Truex and Kyle Busch would have duked it out if they didn't get a late race caution. So, yeah, Toyotas are bulls, dude. I'll stick with them. They're bulls, man. And bulls are good and bad. Things happen.
Um, so yeah, so moving off here, thanks for everybody for the questions and, uh, and we'll, we'll get more creative and have some more fun with the questions as we continue on. But, uh, I want to turn this over to you, Dale, because you are a lifelong NASCAR broadcast viewer, whereas I was more of the guy that had it muted. And to this day, I mute my television when I watch the races. Most of the time, I'd rather be calling the race than hearing someone call the race. So I noticed on Twitter like everybody else in the world, that people are very upset at how Clint Boyer and Mike Joy and Tony Stewart are doing in the booth. They are not happy about it. I saw where everyone was just radiant as all get out about Blaney and Logano in the booth um, and, and for the Xfinity race. And I think that's great. However, when you got a guy like Clint Boyer that's supposed to be taking DW's place, you're expecting a little raz, razzmatazz. You know what I'm saying? So how does it feel watching a cup race with the broadcast on and what are some of your uh you know takeaways from this and i'm just going to press mute on this mic and just let you run until you're done yeah i'm so when i was a kid like i never really wanted to be a race car driver uh i was obsessed with nascar i wanted to be a broadcaster because of mike joy i loved mike joy like mike joy is my best friend because if you and you don't even really have to like pay attention, but if you're a sports fan and uh, in particular here in this case, NASCAR fan, Mike Joy has spoken to you in your living room more than 99% of the people you will ever meet on this planet. So I always kind of, you know, I, I appreciated the hell out of that, right? Like, I think it's such an important part. And that's why, like, uh, you know, Mike Joy is a play by play. And in this case, Clint Boyer is a color guy, right? Like, you're painting a picture and without the broadcast, everything's a little more black and gray. In this case, Fox's broadcast, I feel like is as black and gray as it could ever be. And I don't understand what's going on with the production team. Like I I've never worked in that atmosphere, so I don't know. But if I could give just like a synopsis of what needs to happen, like if you ever go back and watch old broadcasts, like didn't matter who the team was, whether it was ESPN or it was NBC or Fox and not even that long ago, NBC does a great job with, with this idea, with this opinion that I'm about to say, but uh, the broadcast needs to be unhinged. It needs to be unhinged. Like those moments where there's big racks, big moves, just big moments. Like when you hear Dale jr. And Jeff Burton and Steve Latart all scream at the same time, like, that helps the broadcast so much. It brings it life. It brings true life to what you're watching, and it wants to make you get up off your seat. But, like, everybody's using the A.J. Allmendinger crash as an example where they just didn't say anything. And I'm going to just rule Tony Stewart out of this conversation because Tony provides good insight. He's funny in the booth, but he has no energy. He has no energy at all whatsoever, and that's a problem. But I don't, it's not as big of a deal if it's the third guy. And that's what Fox does. They bring in an alternating third guest. Clint Boyer's got to have energy. Clint Boyer has got to have energy. You've got Mike Joy, who's, you know, I don't know how many years Mike has left. And clearly Mike's game has changed. But look, he's, I mean, what is he, 70 years old? Like, that's age. That's age. It happens to everybody. But Clint is the the kicker here that has got to be a spark in the broadcast. And there's no spark. There's nothing. And another thing that that pisses me off, I went back and watched a Daytona 500 broadcast. When a lot of these wrecks happen, it's almost like Clint's just like shrugging his shoulders like, oh, 
Oh, here we go again. Oh, the wrecks, like you can call them annoying, but they make racing exciting. They do. They're, they're an important part of NASCAR and, and, and something that makes NASCAR more unique compared to other forms of motorsports on planet earth is big crashes, especially at Daytona and Talladega. And when we have these big wrecks and there's just no energy around it, it's almost like you're just, you're undermining the excitement of, of what you're seeing on TV. Like that hit by Larson of the 500 was a massive hit, dude, massive fucking hit. That's a spectacular crash. And then Clint Boyer is just like, Oh, he got turned. And that's it. I mean, the Daytona 500 broadcast, the ending call was one of the worst calls I've ever heard in any Daytona 500 ever. And I think there's a majority of people that would agree with me. I haven't seen one person say, hey, they did a masterful job at the end of that Daytona 500. Nobody. Nobody. Not a single person have I seen has said anything like that on any radio I've listened to, podcasts, any tweet I've seen. Not a single fucking person. Carries over to Fontana. And there's just... Like, I missed Daryl Waltrip in this case. And, like, honestly, right now, I would like to have Daryl Waltrip right now back in the booth. Like, people complain that he said crazy shit all the time. But guess what? He provided energy, right? He had a nervous – he was always a nervous wreck in late race moments when big moments happened. And that gets your heart rate going as a fan. When you hear a guy on TV with a nervous feel – it's making you nervous, right? Like they radiate the energy to you. Whatever they do is going to radiate how you feel most of the time. Or, or, And that can either enhance it or make it worse. And it's making it worse right now. That's where this booth is at. And, and like I said, I think Tony Stewart, great insight. He's funny, uh, knows what to say at the right times, but just doesn't have it. He's just not a spark plug. He's just not a, a spark plug. Clint Boyer is supposed to be that, and he's just – He's just lethargic, just purely lethargic. And I, you know, I think Mike Joy, there's something just not right. And, and you could blame age or whatever, but I, I wonder if their production team is like telling them to stay within some boundaries or something because it just hasn't felt right at all. And it's gotten worse and worse and worse. But on the flip side of that, you bring Blaney and Logano into the booth, and it's one of the great. It's probably going to be one of the best broadcasts I've heard all year, at least for the Fox side of things. Like once the Fox switch over to NBC happens, they were so great. They were so insightful. They were funny. They would yell when the big wrecks moments would happen. Like that's the shit that gets you off your seat when you hear everybody go, oh, like at the same time, like that makes it more exciting for a fan. And that is what provides color to the sport. The Clint Boyer, uh, Mike Joy broadcast getting way too black and gray. You have the Xfinity broadcast later that night. Even Adam Alexander get, been getting way more animated. And having Blaney and Logano in the booth, they provided an exceptional, uh, an exceptional amount of color to that broadcast, which I think enhanced the race, made it more exciting for me as a fan sitting in my living room, and gets a lot of good publicity and attention on social media while the cut broadcast, everything about it boasts the exact opposite. So, yeah, big synopsis. The broadcast needs to be unhinged, right? You need guys yelling when there's big moments. 
and, and radiating positive energy to a person sitting in their living room watching it because it's gonna it, it just brings a bunch of positives. And if somebody's mad like at you in the room with with the person, yes, exactly, exactly. That's like how I open this, like talking about Mike Joy, right? Like I view Mike Joy as like a very important person in my life because. I still listen to Mike Joy talk to me in my living room today, just like I did 20 years ago. All the friends in my life that have come and gone that don't talk to me anymore, Mike Joy's been there yeah. all this time. Like, so I value <laughs> it as like a more, and that's my mind because I I've always cared about the broadcast a lot, though too. Dale, of course, you don't think of course. you're alone in that at all. Uh, no, I don't think so either. But think about the NFL, like like when I think of NFL, it's like what would you do without the Chris Collinsworth slide? You know, like, right, you right. That you want to see Chris come in there and just like here's a guy like that lives in my head, dude, forever. Yeah, and it's and it always and Chris Collinsworth gets a lot of shit, but he also brings a lot of great publicity to Sunday Night Football because. Yeah. He, he he provides good energy, I think, but that's a debatable thing. I think it's a pretty con, pretty large consensus thing right now, where there's not a 50-50 split on opinions about the the Fox broadcast. It's it's overwhelmingly negative, at least with Chris Collinsworth. That's a great example. If you can still have a 50-50 split where 50 percent of people think he's great and 50 percent of people think he's fucking terrible, that's still good for the network, right? They're right now. We're like, I think we're at like 20% might think it's good and 80% think it's bad. I, I really think we're at that level right now, which is a, a huge issue for Fox and, and NASCAR in general. So the 20% I'll, I'll let you are talk. the people that, yeah, the 20% are the people like me that mute their televisions and watch the race. Right. Um, and, and, and I don't blame people for, for doing that right now. And like I said, I can't reiterate enough. I love Mike Joy. I still have never met him. I would love to meet Mike Joy because he's been in him though. All the friends that have come and gone, Mike Joy is still here in my living room talking to me and my dad watching NASCAR. Like that's how I think of Mike Joy, you know. So he's one of the original, the big three, like him, DW, and Larry Mack. Like that's that was like growing up for me. Like that's what you saw. Like, like you think about like what was it? Like even in the big movies and stuff, and just talking to DW too about their gel, the way they yeah. build and everything like that was beautiful. And which, by the way, if you haven't, uh, if you haven't heard or haven't seen, we got to do an iRacing broadcast for the Monday Night Racing Championship with Daryl Waltrip, which was one of the probably like top shelf moments of my life. Getting to just sit there with that man and do that because I'm a huge DW fan. And we need to see if we can cut that into a pod. I hadn't even thought about that. God, that would be incredible, dude. Because we it, really didn't talk about the race much. Like we Well, and yeah, that I think that was also like the point too though, right? Yeah, like, yeah. you know, providing something different. But and honestly, on that on that topic, like maybe Fox could use a, an alternate broadcast uh, at this point. Maybe they could use something different that provides a little bit more energy to to uh I think we're down. to uh, to at least bring some excitement to the fans. I know we would be down for that. And and of course, right now, for all of you listening that don't know, uh, Playback is an application that we use where you can come hang out with us for the races. It's uh, playback.tv slash garage guys. Uh, I don't think we'll be doing one for the Vegas race because we will be out of town. But uh, Phoenix is up in there. That's my birthday weekend. It's going to be good energy all around. So shout out. And you got a, a birthday weekend coming up too. Big dog. It's an invisible birthday, but it's there nonetheless. Um, yeah. Yeah. Shout yeah. Out to you, big fake. 
big fake birthday. Hey, look, I mean, just a constant reminder that life is not fair. You know, everybody gets dealt a weird card. Still sick. The card, the card that I, yeah, the card that I was dealt was that I get one birthday every four years. So um, I'm still six. I guess on March 1st, I'll turn 6.7. Yeah. Uh, that's three-fourths of the way up into the seven-year-old. So six, six and three-fourths. And then next year, I'll finally have a real birthday. So yeah, uh, I think we'll be in we'll be in St. Petersburg, Florida for the IndyCar race this weekend. So stay tuned for that on Dillson. If you're an IndyCar guy, I'm going to have some IndyCar stuff. We're going to have bets. So uh, we'll, we'll get into that more uh, later in the week on, on Thursday night. Yeah. But yeah, no, I, 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 this time I'll have sound. We figured out the sound. Yes. I've it was so many such problems. an easy can't thing, hear, man. Can't hear Chase. <laughs> yeah. Like you didn't think we weren't aware of that. I know, but like <laughs> it was such an easy fucking fix is the frustrating thing. Okay. And I, I couldn't figure it out on the, when we were live, but I, I figured it out now. So we're good to go on that front. And Hey, I enjoy yeah. I got to write notes to everyone. I got yeah. my paper up. I think we made the best out of it that we could, or at least you did. At least you did. Cause I was like, I was pissed, man. I was like, dude, I've spent so much time putting this together and now we got this problem. Like, yeah, pretty frustrating. It's a beautiful thing though. But yeah, that was all good stuff. I, I loved hearing your, uh, your, 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 I guess your uh, monologue on the broadcast. And I think that it means something and it matters and it, it's very important. And I know there's a lot of people that probably share that with you as well and i mean i felt it too like i felt it too so hopefully fox will will get that together and uh clint hear our cry you know be louder and uh show excitement like like just say i think i had tweeted something where like i put my voice over the almondinger slide i just dang bro like that's like that would be more exciting yeah yeah it's just like that's what bothers me so bad about all of it is like when he when he sits there and doesn't say anything or just is like oh here we go oh we're he ready. wants to like, go home yeah like or it sounds like you're just you're you're making it seem like we shouldn't be crashing like it makes it sound like it, it honestly just provides like a a feeling that what you're watching is stupid right that's what I don't want to happen you know especially with the Daytona 500 call now DW did that I will say like you know I'll, I'll I don't want to be contradicting here. Daryl Walter did that. Like a lot of times if we had races where there was a lot of wrecks, ZW would say, oh, here we go. Oh, they're wrecking like shit like that. He said it with emphasis. He yeah. said it with a tone, you know? Yeah. And, and, and Mike, Mike Joy's, Mike Joy's got to, I think Mike Joy's got to be, got to be a little bit better in providing uh, his own spark because uh, he does a lot of talking, but I'm not going to diss Mike Joy too bad because, you know, he's, he's gotten older and, and he's like my hero. So. OG in the game, Mike Joy. Shout out to him. It's a collective thing. We got to fix it collectively. Got to gel. We'll, we'll we'll find a way. We'll figure it out. We know some people at Fox. We'll make some calls. We'll we'll do what we got to do. Um, let's go ahead and move in briefly. We're not going to spend too much time on this. Odds have dropped for the Pennzoil four hundred over on Caesars as of right now, um, Monday, February twenty seventh at nine fifty four p.m. Central Time which is where we're recording this odds have dropped on Caesars and Barstool are can be books as they're called. So like bet rivers, uh, et cetera. Uh, and I have already mentioned the Blaney plus 1100. I went ahead and smashed that. A lot of people have already been smashing down on Suarez. Uh, some people smashing down on Bubba Wallace. 
I even saw somebody write that they were they were hitting down on Ryan Priest, and I'm like, just ping me when the top ten odds drop on on Priest. I don't think I'm going any deep, but it, you know, I do have hope that Priest will will do well this year. I think that he already has kind of showed us that he's he's hungry in the in the, the exhibition race out in the. You know, we I know we talked briefly about like our top three or whatever, and uh, just adding like a dark horse thing, man. Um, we did say the dark. Did you say your dark horse? I don't think you ever mentioned. Yeah, I did. I said Bubba Wallace. Okay, Bubba yeah, Wallace. Bubba. that was my number. Yeah, but dude, Chris Busher, hundred to one. Uh, Busher and Keslowski were pretty sporty in the late stages last week. Busher kind of faded a little bit towards the end, but there are moments where he was hanging around the top ten. And, and Brad finished seventh, dude. Like, I, I would not have seen that coming because they did not have a. a I mean, for most of last year, their intermediate program was not competitive. Like, they were good on the short tracks, like Richmond, uh, Bristol, obviously, they were great. Pretty good at Martinsville late in the year, but intermediates did not see that coming. So, maybe some Chris Busher top five, top ten for sure, I think could be a good uh, a good early bet once those lines do drop. CB17. All right, so that that's just a little trinket nugget. You'll get way more on Dale Center. Be sure to tune into that. Thursday nights live on YouTube is where you will find it. I will have volume. Dale will have bets, not just NASCAR. Excuse me. IndyCar as well. I think is Formula One back this week too? Is Netflix uh, back? I don't know. I, to, I don't I'm not a Netflix subscriber, so I don't I don't know if I can log in and see the schedule mm. here. Mm. Uh, uh, March March fifth, is that this weekend? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh shit! Netflix is back. Netflix is back, dude. Who are we gonna get? Who are we gonna get to talk Netflix? Dude? Uh, I gotta get. I gotta get Spurs Ted Lasso. I think he was Spurs. he was hot. He was hot last year. Yeah, I gotta get the Netflix segment back. All right, so we're back sure. in action. So we've got three forms of motor racing coming in. Shout out to SRX too, by the way, for literally memeing me in a Drake and Josh meme. Uh, this past week, which was pretty electric. What? I did not yeah. see that. Yeah, it's pretty funny. They uh, I, I had said something to them about like something that rhymes with orange, and they literally pasted my face on Josh from like when Drake was trying to write the song about what rhymes with orange, and then Josh hit his head on the door hinge. He was like, "Door, oh, yeah, yeah." I'm so, right. Shout out to SRX for memeing me. I appreciate that, and uh, they'll be back too soon. And we'll be talking about those bets as well. It's going to be a beautiful year for racing. It already is. This has been a great show. You guys know where to follow us. Follow me at Garage Guy Chase. You can follow Dale at Dale Tanhart. Collectively, Garage Guys FS on Twitter and Garage Guys Racing on all other forms of social media. So, uh, so this has been a show. We appreciate you for listening, and we will see you again this weekend. Hopefully, after practice and qualifying, we'll have another pod up talk a little bit about uh what we're going to see. Woo. Yeah, yeah.